0: to order the May 9th Franklin School Committee meeting. Meetings are recorded by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29, as well as recorded by Franklin Matters. Any individual who also wishes to record this meeting must notify the chair in accordance with Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 38, Section 20F. At the conclusion of our meeting, we will be adjourning to executive session and will not be returning to open meeting. First on the agenda,
1: we, we will be returning will to be. open meeting. Okay. Yes. No, we won't. It's not
0: on the agenda.
1: Yeah. We have a um, contract yeah, that's- at this- on
2: the agenda. Okay.
3: Okay. All right, we can, we can put that on.
1: Have the, you have the choice to modify the agenda or okay. you look to put it on?
0: Um. All right. Do we have to vote to modify the agenda? Yeah, all right. So after executive session, return to open session.
4: Okay.
0: And then we'll come back and make the vote and adjourn. Okay. All right. So is there a motion to amend the agenda as discussed? So, is there a second? second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All right. carries. All right. So, Thank we you. will be returning to open session. Thank you. Okay. Pledge student. All right. This evening, we have TJ Bowser. TJ is tonight's Keller kid who will lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. TJ is a fourth grader at Keller in Mrs. Paul House's class. TJ demonstrates Keller's core values in many ways. TJ cares for others by always greeting them with a smile. TJ is respectful of his peers and teachers. He is intelligent, enjoys learning, and takes his role as a learner seriously. When asked, TJ believes the core value of respect is most important. He elaborated by saying we must always respect others and their choices. TJ loves science, sharks, reading, and writing. He enjoys doing science experiments, learning about sharks, reading the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books, and is co-authoring a chapter book with a peer. Outside of school, TJ plays soccer. He also enjoys playing outside and swimming. Together with his parents, we are so very proud of him. Thank you, TJ, for being here tonight. You wouldn't mind leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the
2: flag of the United States of America, and to the republic
5: for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice
0: for all. Thank you, TJ, for coming out tonight. You and your parents can get on your way. I know you said you haven't had dinner yet, so. <laughs> Thank you. Go enjoy. Moving along, as is customary, we will pause for a moment of silence. Thank you. Review of agenda. Our amended agenda looks okay to everyone. Okay. Payment of bills, Mr. McNeil? Bills are in order. All right, payroll all set. FHS student rep, not reps, single.
4: Yeah, it's uh, just me tonight. Hello, everyone. My name is Ahan Shetty. I'm the class president of the class of 2024. Um, the whole school at Franklin High School, uh, last week and this week, currently has AP testing. We're gonna be finishing up this week. Um, makeups will be following up after that. Uh, seniors have their last full week of academics next week, which is crazy. And finals begin for seniors the following week, so they're almost done with school. Uh, student government has organized a spirit week for the whole school next week. Uh, the schedule is the following. Monday is sports day, Tuesday is beach day, Wednesday is college day, Thursday is decades day. Uh, Friday is FHS Pride Day so that'll be a fun week to look forward to and tomorrow night the music department has a pop night concert uh, 7 p.m. start time featuring chorus, orchestra, and the band of course Uh, For sports at Franklin High, congratulations to Katie Peterson and Luke Sidwell for being named Franklin High School's Hawk Mock League Scholar Athletes. Uh, The baseball team is 12-0, they had senior night the other night the softball team improved to 6-6 six to six six with a nice win yesterday. The boys lacrosse team is 11-1 with a win against Foxborough yesterday. The girls lacrosse team is 11-2 and, and they had a great second half that led to their win against Foxborough yesterday. The boys tennis team is 5-4, their next game is against KP tomorrow and the girls tennis team is 6-3 and three after a nice win against Stoughton yesterday. Uh, the class of 2024 had prom on Friday. It was um, a great night. I can speak to the whole class, and I think I say everyone had a blast. Um, it went really well, and it's, it's you know it's been the, the peak moment of junior year, you know, and it finally happened. So it's, it's crazy that it's already May, but um, it was a great night. And so we're going to be starting planning for senior week very shortly. Um, for the senior class, they have graduation on June 2nd. Um, any seniors that ordered senior T-shirts can pick those up tomorrow between two fifteen and three thirty outside of the FHS community entrance. And seniors also ask that to check Google Classroom to make sure all requirements for senior banquet are completed by May fifteenth, so that you make sure you have everything filled out, everything needed, so that you're all set for senior banquet. Thank you very much. Yep, just one
6: comment. Um, so, as I always talk about, the science night um, oh, yeah. that was amazing. Um, as always, I think the students did a really great great job showing their expertise, sharing their education um, to the young students. My boys loved it, especially the robots. Um, they had a great job in Han. Uh, thanks for the, the dump team. Oh, yeah, thank <laughs> you. Uh, I know.
4: Maybe next year we'll get a nice big one, but uh, this year we uh, started out. as uh-huh. uh,
2: okay. <laughs> All right.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, Mr. Chiqui, the superintendent. okay great. Good evening, everyone. Um, just to piggyback on what Han mentioned in Science Night, we had over 120 students volunteer. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. If you walked through, it was packed. It was really well attended. But to see that many students dedicate their time after school and to see our, our youngest uh, members of our community just engaging in so many different activities, it was just really well done well planned I want to thank um, the science department all of our teachers and our students who participated in that event it was really um, it was something that i think in franklin that we we have that's one of those moments that you can celebrate uh, as a community that we offer and i think i've seen it grow and it's just uh, it's just it's been great so thank you for pointing that out and thank you for sharing uh, and being there how many people like jazz in the audience anybody <laughs> If you don't, you probably like some style of music that's influenced by jazz, so I am joined here today by the Franklin High School Jazz Band that earned a superior rating at the Massachusetts Association of Jazz Educators state final. So one distinction we've made this year is we're trying to celebrate uh, as many different groups. I know it was a request of the school committee to have students come. Um, And what distinction we've tried to draw is where we um, excelled in in different disciplines and different areas across the board, um, where it's been at a high level, a state level or beyond. And I would just want to point that out as you uh, are introduced to our jazz musicians. These are all state level caliber musicians. And if you've been to a concert, you've heard it, and it's probably not a surprise to you, but it's worthy of noting. And I'm just really proud to announce that they were awarded the gold medal. Uh, With this, they they were invited to perform at the Hatchell in Boston on Sunday, this past Sunday on the 7th, and additionally the Franklin High Wind Ensemble, Symphony Orchestra, and Repertory Orchestra all demonstrated a superior performance at this year's MICA Festival. So this earned them a gold medal um, that they brought home for Franklin, once again, um, just holding a high standard for uh, what we do, and I think it's a tribute to every individual who Um, as a team competes and gets recognized at a night like this, but the real work happens in their houses, in their basements and bedrooms where they practice these instruments and become really, really super proficient in them. And I don't want to um, not call that out. I think consistent effort in what you do, and clearly you love music if you've made it this far, but it's not lost on me the amount of time you have to spend individually to do that to be at this point. So um, I think if you can do that in anything you do in life, I think you'll be successful and I hope that you continue that. So that's a skill that you already have that a lot of um, people who, who are successful have. So congratulations for that. What I'd like to do, just while I have you here, and then um, if the chair allows, you'll be able to, to, to head out, but I wanted to just have you just come up to the mic and just uh, state your name for, um, for for the record. No addresses, just names. We know you're from the <laughs> French High Jazz. So if you could just stand up quickly and just run through and just say your names, uh, that would be very helpful. Ahan, could
4: you lead? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, Aha, <and> Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maria Satchi. Neil Chambers. John King. Jake Blanchard. Brady Devlin. Sydney Wickwart.
2: Tony Cersei. Lauren Curtis. Peter Bryant.
7: David Doolock, Lillian Hall, uh,
4: Paxton Rosen, Colin Rocchio. Thomas Bradley,
0: and I'm the director, Leanne
3: Ann
7: Munson. Uh, yes. <laughs> she, she
1: had a speech planned, but we're going to let her off the hook today. Um, yeah. Ms. Rudson does a phenomenal job um, just leading our students, inspiring them, and just getting the most out of students. I think I can't think of a better mark of an educator than to have students enjoy something and do really well at it. And I think you've done a phenomenal job over your time in Franklin um, doing that. I think we're lucky to have you. So um, with that said, I just want to give a quick round of applause and then i (laughs) to
5: How many played at the hatch shell after going to prom? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well
0: done. So I think we'll go down the line with any questions or comments. Incredible.
7: Dave? Just fantastic.
6: <laughs> uh, congratulations and a couple questions actually. Um, can I get a show of hands? Who played jazz in middle school? Who played jazz in elementary school? Didn't we have an elementary school program before? Uh, not a jazz. But way back when, I'm saying. Oh. Wait, didn't they start, didn't they they start music fall. in fourth grade? Fourth grade. So I mean, just imagine, like, if we had children that could start earlier, how further along they could be. I mean, this is just great. Um, yeah, we have one that, that did in elementary. Possibly, oh, no, or, sorry. <laughs> um, but I think it would, be, it would be great if we had just kids that could start sooner. And just have more exposure, just just the, the sooner you learn, the more you can become more proficient. And I think this is this just shows like you know what we could do based off middle school. Now start sooner, how far can we go? How how more students can we how many more students can we have here? And really how can we just make Franklin known for music? Uh, congratulations to all of you. It's a tremendous individual accomplishment.
3: and shows some new dedication, but it's, of course, an even better group accomplishment, and that's uh, a testament to uh, your hard work and dedication together, and you know, really uh, making Franklin proud, and you know, just showing the wonderful results of the programs that are offering. So yeah. so, yeah, thank you. Great
8: job. These are like these highlights are so exciting. I think for us to see, you know, like we're here to do our business, and some of it isn't isn't super exciting and rewarding. And these parts really are. And um, what? A lot of it commentary. Um, but music is a language, and you're 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 <laughs> you privy to a, a language that can really speak to people, um, their emotions, and can say things that words can't always. And that's just amazing, amazing gift and all the hard work you put into this. I know
2: this is a lot of hard work. Um, I just want to commend you. Thanks. Congratulations and commend you as well.
0: So my son, he participates in the after school jazz club at his middle school and he just, he's fallen in love with it and he participated in the Jazz Cafe night and I just want to say he was just in, you guys are superheroes in his eyes. (laughs) you were all he could talk about, not even himself or his classmates, it was the high schoolers that he just wants to be just like you when he grows up, so you're doing God's work, so thank
2: you very much. <laughs> Keep him out of trouble. <laughs>
0: thank you very much for coming out tonight. And I can't hold you here, so I mean, I can I? I think that that's illegal. You guys can leave. <laughs>
1: few uh, short announcements, so the Hakamak YMCA Burn and Family Red Triangle Award um, was a, what's that? Oh, you're excited. So the YMCA shared that they've nominated the Franklin Public Schools Food Service Team that consists of Colin Boisbert, Maura Crowley, our Assistant Food Service Director, Colin, is our director, um, Christine Damaris of the Franklin High Kitchen, and she's the manager, Deb uh, DeFilippo, who is the lead cafeteria worker and Greg DeBadges who is the food service courier. This group was instrumental in in being a community partner to the YMCA over the last three years at the Y providing more meals uh, for their child care program and also included uh, their early uh, childhood program that they offer. Uh, They have provided more than 500,000 meals since 2020 and it's important that uh, the Y is really just appreciative of the work that they did and really is happy to have a partner in our Franklin Public Schools service department, food service department, to help partner with. So they're being, they're being recognized at their annual event. The Red Triangle Award, If those of you who don't know, is basically an annual award that they give to a handful of community members. Sometimes it's an individual. Sometimes to have a team um, that represents Franklin Public Schools is really a proud moment for us. And we're uh, just really happy that we have people like Colin and his team on board to do that work. Um, just moving on, an update uh, the new K-5 Literacy Curriculum resource as we shared during February 28th. School committee meeting, the core program review committee comprised of 24 teachers and four admin, from five elementary schools met, and we're meeting on March 1st uh, at a meeting to make their final recommendation for the new tier one literacy resource. The committee recommended the adoption of Houghton, Mifflin Har- Harcourt's Into reading And on Friday, May 5th, all K-5 teachers participated in a professional development workshop where they were introduced to the basics of uh, inter-reading and how to access that program and the goal was to allow teachers to thoroughly explore the program and materials in advance of any uh, implementation or adoption that would begin next year. And then finally, um, with curriculum, our Early Childhood Center, ECDC, has completed its curriculum review and pilot and uh, a team of teachers piloted pre-K on my way and recommended its adoption and it incorporates high quality literature engaging lessons and many opportunities for supporting student growth and professional development continues as teachers will adopt this in the fall as well. So just to provide some follow up to some of the um, recent school committee meetings we've had. You had Dr. Frazier here to talk through it. This is just a follow up to some of those conversations.
7: Thank you. Okay. Any questions, comments?
0: Camp?
7: I just want to actually piggyback what my colleague had mentioned, just in terms of, I, I love uh, we continue to kind of incorporate all the great highlights uh, that are being done, and really kind of showcasing the, the students and the hard work that goes into it. Um, there's always there's so many great things that are going on in Franklin, both in the schools and every other uh, department all across the, um, the, the community, and so it's always great when we can really kind of highlight some of those uh, wonderful achievements.
3: Uh, no, no, uh, no questions, just thank you for this update. It's always great to hear about uh, new programs, just pre-K on my way of how we're always looking to improve the educational instructions that we're offering to our students, so appreciate that. Please? Um, no questions. Thank you for okay. that. Um, I actually, yeah, I, one. Um, I just
5: wanted to give a shout out to the Footliners, the, the middle school um, musical is this weekend, um, Beauty and the Beast Junior. It's Friday and Saturday at six, and you can buy tickets online. The kids been working really hard.
0: Uh-huh. So,
1: thank you.
0: Thank you. Gift presentations,
1: Mr. Chair. Keller highlight. Okay, so we have a Keller highlight uh, from our administrators that are here tonight. We're joined by our principal, Eric Stark. He has the <coughs> his assistant principals. It's Karen Savage here and. Also, Megan Senko are both here and I'll let them do some introductions for themselves. Just to um, just set the stage, as we've done in the past with school highlights, they are truly meant to be a highlight and we'll try to capture moments within a school, but with the understanding that there's so much that happens in student life, it will be tough to capture it in a, in a reasonable amount of time. So um, I will kick it over to Mr. Stark to do some intros and uh, kick it off, but ultimately I just wanted uh, you to know that. We've set the stage, given um, our agendas, to try to keep these as distinct, and I think they've done a good job of preparing the presentations. So thank you. Thank you.
9: Good evening. As you know, my name is Eric Stark. I'm the proud principal of the Keller Elementary School, and I'll allow my colleagues to introduce themselves.
10: Hi, Mrs. Carrie Bussavage. I'm the assistant principal at Keller, and I'm Megan Senko. It's nice to see you. I am the assistant principal for student services.
9: So, we want to begin um, by thanking you for this opportunity to be here tonight to tell our school's story. Uh, we want to highlight our journey to grow our community, our connections, and our relationships tonight, and then also share with you a little bit about our work to build a multi tiered system of support. Before going too much farther, we want to pause um, and extend our sincere appreciation for the entire Keller School staff and all of the parents, guardians, and caregivers who have partnered with us. Um, to do this important work. Without them as partners, um, none of it would be possible. So tonight we are going to largely focus again on our work to grow our community, our connections and our relationships. However, we'll also uh, touch upon the work we've done to develop uh, administrative team structure and then again also uh, build a multi-tiered system of support to serve our students. Each summer we're afforded the opportunity to pause and uh, get on the balcony and reflect and reset our paths and last summer was no different. We launched our work together uh, as we thought about the goal of growing our community, our connections, and our relationships by gathering for a summer retreat. And we met at the Franklin Public Library and um, the significance of the library is at the location mattered. Um, I saw the value in stepping away from our building, and focusing on um, being open to uh, how we might uh, better serve our students. So during that time, I shared my core value of membership and explained how important it was to me that everyone that's a part of our organization feel as though they belong and play a key role in the group. We told stories about who we are personally and professionally. We read the book, um, Bernay Brown's Atlas to the Heart, to think about um, uh, deepening our learning And thinking about how we can show up for one another and support one another, and then in turn do that for others. We chose a picture book called This is a School uh, to anchor our work, and this book celebrates all that schools are and can be. And then we uh, tackled our organizational structure and began setting some goals connected to our school improvement.
10: So in thinking about our work um, with students and developing goals connected to growing community and connection and relationships, we prioritized opportunities for students to lead within our school. And two things that we'd like to spotlight, one is our fifth grade Dismissal Buddies uh, program where a fifth grader is paired with a kindergarten student. um, And each day they join them at dismissal time in their classrooms. um, And they go on their dismissal routines together. Um, And in talking with fifth graders and launching this work, um, we really talked about being peer role models um, and how it connects to our core values of being caring, um, inclusive, and respectful. Um, Another way that students have led is being active participants in assisting with food collection um, for the food pantry and taking the lead in organizing, boxing, and creating data displays to show our collections and sharing that with the greater community. And on the right-hand side, Um, celebrations connected to core values. Um, We've really um, continued to develop student relationships through community celebrations that promote Keller's core values. So positive sign Thursday is an opportunity for students to share positive messages when students arrive at school um, outside and they greet each other with positive messages for the day uh, to start their Thursdays. Um, Walk and roll to school days, Um, we've had two this year um, and all students, whether you arrive by car, van, you walk, you ride your bike, a bus, um, we all join together and sort of walk the loop on the outer um, path, around the parking lot, around the field, um, and we enter the building together so that all students can participate in the walk to school um, as a, um, a joint kind of community celebration. Um, balloons over Keller, um, in the bottom left, This was inspired by the biography Balloons Over Broadway. And it was an opportunity for um, student partnerships to get together and create and design a balloon that spoke to common interests or something that connected them. And then we had um, two tiers of parades through our school where students could admire and kind of celebrate um, together um, their collective work. Um, Fun Brewery, during the month of February, um, culminated with um, A door design project to build classroom communities, where um, students could show their uniqueness as a class by displaying a positive message on their door um, for everyone to see. Um, And then we wrapped up um, April's um, Inclusivity Month with um, Lots of Socks campaign and promoted awareness and acceptance and inclusivity, um, celebrating World Down Syndrome Day. So those are some of the pieces um, in terms of our celebrations with students. Community circles, as administrators, we engaged in opportunities to grow um, relationships with students, and during the month of January, we visited classrooms and engaged in um, a restorative practice of community circles, engaging in conversations with students around our core values, um, and furthering developing um, relationships, growing community, sense of belonging, um, where student voices are heard. So we also spoke with students about topics that they would like to further discuss within their classroom communities. Um, And teachers have since um, um, instituted further community circles where they have brought some of these topics um, to light and discuss them as a classroom. Um, And lastly, our Love Keller days. These were partnerships that we started at the beginning of the year, where classrooms were paired outside of their grade level. So uh, kindergarten classroom, the fifth grade classroom, first or the fourth. And at different points during the year, they gather together to engage in team building activities, uh, read books together, play board games, um, and really grow um, connections of our Keller kids outside of their classrooms. Um, so we're hoping to maybe squeeze in one more celebration and, and day before the end of the year. And then finally, um, these Student-based opportunities have all been connected by our community commitment and message of being all in for Keller. And inspired by Clemson football coach Debo Swinney, who begins each season by having um, all members on his team sign a chip that they toss in their bucket as being all in um, for teamwork and unity and working hard. And we extended this opportunity to staff at the beginning of the school year, families at back to school night, Um, and students, as we closed our community circles, to um, sign that chip, toss it in, and um, say that they're all in for college.
9: Next, we'll move on to families. And this year, we knew that in order to grow our community and our connections and our relationships with families, we needed to better engage them. We also knew that this meant beginning the work of redesigning Um, some past events and then also structures. So Back to School Night was one of those nights. For the first time uh, this year, families attended Back to School Night together. Students proudly led their families through the hallways, uh, introduced them to teachers, and then uh, pointed out their work um, on the hallway. So those are some photos on the left um, from that night. And then the second is uh, TJ uh, is up here who you met earlier to celebrate Veterans Day. We held a whole school community, again, with the goal of uh, engaging our families, and we honored a few veterans who are extra special um, to our color community. On the last slide, I talked about uh, needing to reimagine and redesign um, structures. So here's two examples of structures um, that we're proud to have redesigned. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first on the left is field trips. So in the past, a parent or guardian, if you weren't chosen uh, to chaperone a field trip, that might have been a missed opportunity uh, for you to be engaged. This year, administrators, teachers, and our PCC leaders worked very hard together to determine whether or not a field trip could accommodate all, some, or no um, parents uh, as chaperones. And then after a high level of collaboration and communication, uh, we were able to determine who and how many um, could attend a field trip. Um, I am so proud to say that at the end of this year, uh, we anticipate anywhere from 150 to 175 parents or guardians will have chaperoned um, and joined us on a field trip as participants. So again, the goal was to increase engagement, but that required us to redesign uh, a system. The photos um, on the right uh, represent another system that we redesigned. In the past, we partnered with organizations during holiday times to do drives and things like that that would gather Uh, clothes and toys, uh, sometimes that left our community. And this year we thought about uh, wanting to engage and support our families first, um, before we extend beyond uh, the town lines, if you will. Uh, So this year we very carefully and thoughtfully uh, invited our parents and guardians and families to share their needs with a small group of staff members. We also leveraged some strong relationships um, to extend offers um, in some cases. And in the end, our Keller family so generously donated clothes, toys, gift cards, winter gear, boots, sneakers, all of that stuff. And we were able then to take all of those donations and redistribute them to 25 um, Keller families, uh, which was just a really great feeling for us as a community. Um, we would be
10: remiss to not only highlight the community development that we have worked on together with our students and our families, but also as a Um, team of staff within the Keller School. Um, Our focus on our community development and growth has been really evident this year, and we'd just like to take this opportunity to highlight a few of the things that we've done um, as a whole staff to work together to build our connections and relationships with each other. You can see on the left-hand side of the screen, as a staff, we participated in many team-building activities throughout the year including off-site activities, such as a competitive cornhole tournament, which we were inspired by um, our central office leadership to, <laughs> uh, to throw. Um, in-house, we worked together to have a gingerbread house building contest around the holiday season. Um, and there's some photos right there on the bottom right side of that left side of the screen highlighting our staff commitment to that um, all in on our killer journey that Carrie really explained nicely earlier in the presentation. On the right-hand side, we just wanted to highlight some of the um, inspiration that we've drawn from author Brene Brown. It's something that as an administrative team, we really delved into this summer with the um, book Atlas of the Heart. Um, But as a whole staff within Keller, we've really um, leaned on her language, which has helped us to be vulnerable and courageous in our professional relationships. We have found that collaborating around using shared language from her novels has really helped us in our professional practice and allowed us to speak openly and honestly with each other as a staff, which has only helped to um, continue to develop our community and strengthen those relationships. Additionally, I'd just like to highlight some of the ongoing work that we've begun to build um, in terms of staff leadership opportunities in our school community. This picture with our staff of, with wearing t-shirts that say Be Kind highlights a grade one team coordinated effort to organize and implement a World Kindness Day celebration throughout the school in which all of Keller participated. Um, a main activity in this event included students uh, participating in developing kindness jars and leaving kind comments to be shared throughout the year when, uh, when they're needed in different classrooms. One of our fifth grade teachers coordinated a month-long community event titled Fun Brewery, which was (coughs) referenced earlier, which consisted of themed themed days for each day of school throughout the month. Um, These activities ranged from everything from dress cozy day to drop everything and dance day, to drop everything and read. Pictured here up on the right-hand corner of the screen is our second grade team who participated in um, dress as your favorite character from a book day, and they came dressed as the crayons from the story the day the Crayons quit. (laughs) One of our third grade teachers has worked hard throughout the year with his class to build birthday boxes for the Franklin Food Pantry. Um, These boxes contain all the supplies required to throw a birthday party from a cake mix and frosting to streamers and balloons to small gifts. actually earlier today I was very fortunate to have to be in the office and to see the food pantry come and um, witness the students helping the food pantry staff load the van um, and kind of wrap up their community work with that and I know that our third grade team is really motivated to continue that work and push it out through the whole
9: school community. Even though we were dressed as crayons on that day too, you can can imagine uh, how our hearts (laughs) dropped when that team showed up (laughs) in the window holding their signs. Um, We'll we'll move on uh, to spotlight our work in building a multi-tiered system of support uh, to serve our students. Uh, In doing so, we want to recognize the presentations that have come before you. um, And tonight, uh, really speak to the systems and structures that we've built uh, so that you can have another window uh, into that work. So we know the work of growing our community is critical. Uh, Community, as you can see here, serves as the foundation for all the other work that we do. This visual represents the work that we've done with our staff to try to tie together our school improvement um, plan goals. And culture, equity, and universal design serve as another foundation for a strong multi-tiered system of support. The culture brick represents our shared belief that with the right supports, all students can learn at high levels. The equity brick represents our commitment to access. And then the universal uh, design brick represents our ongoing work to identify and remove barriers for our students as a part of our planning. And then finally, the schoolhouse visual, which you've seen before, um, is a reminder of those uh, supports that our students receive all day long, um, with those arrows serving as elevators that lift our students between the tiers, um, again, all day long uh, throughout the process.
10: And one of our goals um, this year has been to think about the drivers that support our MTSS model. And we have focused on systems that have allowed us to strengthen collaboration, communication, and instruction. And if we just think about the collaboration um, piece for a minute, um, and think about the structures um, that we have put in place to help support this work in our building. Um, Administrative and curriculum specialist weekly meetings is something that we have added this year as a way to work on aligning curriculum instruction and assessment, and the work that supports MTSS. Um, In addition, the work between teachers and curriculum specialists, and ongoing co-teaching opportunities, and opportunities to consult, um, is another um, structure and support. Um, Interventionists and curriculum specialists plan and meet weekly for intervention and um, monitor students' progress and talk about shifts in terms of delivery of instruction and supporting students. And then when we think about the um, aspect of full teams, um, this is really speaking to our monthly common professional time or our CPT structure. And um, that is for our grade level teams, special educators, administrators, we are all present um, sort of around the table. Um, and there are meetings that are dedicated to um, math, literacy, um, and MTSS learning um, and discussions. And um, we look at the academic and SEL piece as part of those, S- uh, those MTSS meetings, where we focus on data analysis, student progress, um, and setting intervention goals um, for in upcoming cycles of intervention. And that parlays really nicely into that communication section within our MTSS model. Um, often from those mm-hmm. full team meetings, We are able to kind of narrow down lists of students that we'd like to focus on for academic and case consult time, um, which is a structure that we've really built this year to extend beyond that monthly MTSS meeting to discuss student-specific progress and um, ways to implement various strategies to help um, bolster student success. Um, Our goal within this structure is always to build a bridge for effective communication between all of our teams and when we're looking at specific students that could range from our related service providers, curriculum specialists, our special education team, um, administrators, and classroom teachers. Um, On top of that, we're often looking to um, conference with families within our NTSS model, which consists of a collaboration between um, the student-specific team and the families involved, uh, making data-driven decisions to allow for effective instruction Um, has really built a platform for us to communicate effectively with our families with the goal being to achieve high outcomes for all of our students. And to kind of come full circle with our MTSS um, cycle here that we've outlined is the instruction piece. And we've worked really hard to build tiered instruction within an MTSS model, which allows for flexibility to provide learning opportunities for students to develop the skills that they um, need to apply for additional practice, to reinforce um, current tier one learning standards that they're working on within the classroom, um, or to extend their learning. And when we think about this, we kind of look at it within an analogy of um, an elevator as a visual, where we have these tiers that you saw in the previous slide of (coughs) tier one, tier two, and tier three supports. And recognizing that um, all of our students are riding the elevator at some point and they are going between these tiers flexibly um, and based on um, the work that we're doing collaboratively as a team it's driven by data that we're collecting and decisions that we're making um, in tandem with the collaborative and communication structures to identify our students' needs and how they are going to be best supported. So as a final thought um, in reflecting on this slide, um, this year um, we had four MTSS cycles um, where students received a range of tiered supports. Um, And cycles were set after examining literacy and math data um, and SEL-DESA data um, during our carbon professional times. Um, In thinking about the students that we have reached um, through our MTSS model this year, um, within each cycle, it was approximately 20 to 25 students per grade level, um, which was about 25 to 30 percent of a grade level. Um, And if we think about that school-wide per each flex block cycle, it was approximately 120 to 150 students that received a Tier 2 support. And if we think about on the SEL side, Um, When we think about, um, and looking at their data, it was across four cycles. um, Approximately 70 students K to five received tier two support from our school adjustment counselors um, as well.
9: So with that, again, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight and tell our school's story and extend our sincere appreciation for your support and our central office colleagues. And uh, we can answer any questions that you may have. Thank you.
5: Thank you so much for your presentation. I I admit I got a little over at the beginning because I just missed going to Keller. Having a middle schooler and a high schooler means I don't really hear much (laughs) of what's going on. (laughs) And I miss it. Um, I wanted to ask about the cycles. You said there were four Mm -hmm. cycles. And how long would the
10: cycle last before? Sure. I think we were looking to, when we considered half days, um, when embedded like days off, mm-hmm. fell. our goal was to look at a five to six week cycle okay. um, and trying to align it so that we would we would reset um, what our MTSS meetings fell within our CPT structure calendar. Um, so again, I think depending upon, some cycles may have been longer, depending upon where vacations sort of rested, um, and then we have just entered our fourth cycle in terms of wrapping up, so yeah.
5: And I appreciate the numbers, the 25 to 30% mm-hmm. in the academic, and then 70 students I think is a percentage uh,
10: for SEL. So when we looked at that K-5, okay. it would be 8% of our total okay. enrollment. Um, um,
5: is, is there any way to measure like, from other years, or because it's newer? be hard to do or is that a measure that you will continue to to use?
10: I think that we have more of a focused lens now on looking at how we are moving students through cycles and looking at data. Um, That data is present though we we do have data from years past um, so it would be great to look at it more longitudinally Um, and I think our structures last year were a little bit different as well um, so it wouldn't align exactly but I think moving forward um, it would be something that we
5: And especially in the SEL arena, because that was one of our goals this year Mm -hmm. for the budget, um, would that measure of 8% students suggest that you need more staffing, or was the staffing level appropriate, or is it just that the programs can be extended, or or, um, more preventative rather than, um, uh, what's the opposite of preventative? Reactive. Reactive, Reactive. (laughs) thank you. So, I guess
9: my question is about staffing. I'm
5: getting that
9: data. I think that we've tried to uh, leverage our school adjustment counselors um, the best way we can. Uh, And I think that we've approached their schedules in a fluid way. Uh, So, in the beginning of the year, they're trying to um, proactively be in classrooms as much as they can, co-facilitate SEL lessons. Uh, And then, as these cycles progress, uh, and as we learn more about our students' needs, Um, especially this year with solid structures in place, then that's when their schedules shift a little bit and they're providing less in-class and more targeted instruction. And as the year progresses, I think the in-class becomes less and less because they're doing more direct instruction. And the impact on that is we lose that proactive piece that we always start so strong with. um, and So that's a challenge for us.
5: And I always, end up asking um, in these presentations what we can do for you, but I wanted to be a little more focused because in all the discussions of redistricting, Mm -hmm. we've heard about, um, we've heard uh, a spectrum of uh, perceptions about the struggles at Keller with uh, the utilization numbers. So um, if it's appropriate, is that something that we can have you, or how can we help, um, or what are the biggest challenges right now in terms of that?
9: Um, I think the challenges right now are um, stepping away from the presentation for a moment is working to maintain everything we have uh, and then also just to continue to communicate um, the the very thoughtful choices that have been made. Um, Mr. Callahan had the chance to visit Keller, um, and Mrs. Morrison and Mr. Jaguar and I tried to communicate as much as we can about the thoughtful decisions we've made and the reasons why we made specific choices. And I think it's just harder, um, perhaps <coughs> for, um, everyone in the community to understand that. And so, um, I think just the, uh, ways in which you can support our asking questions, come visit, those sorts of things. thank you. Okay.
7: Um, actually. Thoughtful is one of the words I wrote down here as I'm listening to the, the presentation. Uh, I really want to commend uh, everybody. You can clearly see that all of the thought that goes behind so many of the decisions uh, that, are, that are being made. It is incredibly thoughtful with uh, the, the goals uh, that you're setting, the structures, and Superintendent's favorite word, the systems that we're having in play. And, uh, you know, and it was great to, to set you know, it off with the summer retreat. You know, uh, and, and so I, I want to again kind of commend everybody uh, across the entire district. Uh, you know, the teachers and the admin team. That you know, I know just when, when school's over, you know, that's the vacation doesn't start. You guys are, are right back uh, to you know to planning. I know we had the, there was a pre treat and then an actual summer retreat and then just more work to lead up to an incredible school year for for the kiddos uh, next round. And uh, but also kind of specific to. But One of the things I love about these presentations that we're getting—not only are we hearing about some of the schools that may not have, uh, you know, our children might not might not be in—we might not kind of know exactly what's, what's going on—but it also does a great job about highlighting the bright spots that are going on in the schools, and then kind of providing that opportunity to replicate those same bright spots that come across some of the other elementary schools, middle schools, high school. Uh, and one thing that was I, I loved hearing was all about the student empowerment. That goes on from the dismissal buddies uh, to you know taking the lead of some of the community <coughs> service projects. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It builds incredible character and leadership and in, in all the students, and it's, it's wonderful to, to hear how it's all the thought that goes into some of those decisions to build up uh, our uh, our students right from the get-go. Wonderful job, thank you for everything. Really appreciate it.
6: Thank you. So after the thanks to my peers, uh, definitely a great presentation. Uh, the one thing that jumped out at me was the building love Color Day, Uh, the the, the classroom pairing, um, what have you heard from the students regarding that in terms of uh, that program?
10: They've loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they're always anxious for the next one. Um, And it's a combination of leaving it flexible for teachers to collaborate um, based upon student interests um, in terms of how they want to spend that time together. Um, Coupled with um, some larger community-based focuses um, like the balloons over Broadway. So um, I think students have really enjoyed um, and you hear kids in the hallway. Oh,
2: here's my partner, my love camera partner,
10: um, and they wave as they pass for lunch um for recess. So um, I think it's been a great um, addition to share for celebration.
6: Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I mean, I can imagine how the, the younger students are looking forward to you know emulating some of the older kids, and then also giving the older students some sense of responsibility, some pride, and, and just just know that they're they have somebody that's looking up to them and just giving them that extra motivation to be a, a good role model. Um, and so, and so, so thank you for that. Um, just to piggyback off of my um, colleague, Ms. Bernstein, that had asked around like, the, the um, plans that you've done. Uh, could you kind of maybe expand on like, what were the thoughtful plans in terms of the
9: challenges of space? I I think that um, my comment was uh, grounded more in the idea that um, we um, entered into the transition really thinking thoughtfully about space, and then every year we do that same process regardless of um, size and capacity and all those things, Um, and I think my comment was just more in the spirit of um, trying to uh, think through uh, decisions uh, that may be harder for some people to understand um, just in terms of like feasibility, access, you know, appropriateness, and kind of all those things, so. Um, okay. okay, thank
3: you. Thank you very much for this presentation. It's definitely, that uh, um take great, um, both pride and great effort to create a, a culture that um, reflects the core color values and really the, how that permeates through the um, student population and, and um, in so many ways, and not just to them, but also to their families and the broader community as well. And as well as providing the uh, proper supports for um, each student at an individual level, which of course you know, raises the bar for the entire student population, so thank you for that. Um, so one question I have, how would you say the um, transition to former davis their po- student population has been, and how is that um, integrated into um, these core values and systems that you presented
9: yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the, the transition that occurred. Um, and I think your your point is important in that there is a large group of students that didn't attend Keller School before. Um, and I think that for that subgroup of students, um, the transition has gone well. I'd be a liar if I sat here and said there weren't bumps along the way, um, but we've worked through those um, as we do always. Um, I think the the spirit of our presentation tonight Um, was very strategic in thinking about how do we convey the work that we're doing to grow our community because um, the reality is is that at the beginning of last year we had students walking through our doors that previously attended Keller, students that attended uh, Davis-Thayer, students that attended other schools um, as move-ins from Massachusetts and elsewhere in the country. We had kindergartners that had never gone to school before, kindergartners that were in preschool. Um, So that's one group of students that were Um, certainly mindful of um, but trying to approach our work as building a community um, with kids that have come from lots of different places Uh, and then for some year for some students I think the the transition impacts them in different ways some students um, were with us for a year and then transitioned to Annie Sullivan um, just as they naturally would have um, previously Um, and for our Current second graders, they'll have a longer um, opportunity to um, like become more deeply rooted in the um, Keller School. So,
8: thank you for the presentation. I think it included um, all the things I like. The pictures. It was (laughs) succinct and efficient of time. Um, Tier one. I love to hear about all the MTSS stuff. But um, I think you did a really great job of sort of capturing a lot, a lot of stuff in in a really well tight presentation that sort of stuck to the time expectations that you are given. We appreciate that. Um, I also, I noticed uh, I, I love the pictures and I feel like you guys did a really great job at um, showing a lot of representation of different types of learners in the pictures and I really appreciate that and uh, that, that everybody deserves to be highlighted on that big screen there for us, so thank you, thank you for that. Um, And just to sort of hyper focus on one tiny little thing that I think is important. I'm a huge Renee Brown fan. Uh, Maybe no surprise to some. (laughs) Um, And Atlas of the Heart is an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice. So Atlas of the Heart is basically like an encyclopedia of emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's it's fascinating, it's riveting, it's gorgeous. Um, It's an interesting choice. How'd you get there?
9: I, my, leadership uh, style, if you will, has always I, I've always been inspired um, by Brene Brown. Um, and uh, as I reflected as a leader, um, uh, at the end of last year, thinking about entering into this new year with two new um, colleagues, um, I thought a little bit about how do I um, be the best support that I can for them, and how do we um, communicate as a team? Um, and what sort of language do we use to say when the work gets hard and we need help, and um, how do we show up for each other, um, and things like that. So I was searching um, over the summer for something and um, stumbled upon this and knew it was her next book uh, and gave it a shot, so and it's worked well. Awesome. Some of it really sticks with me, some of it really
8: sticks, I think, it resonates differently mm-hmm. um, with different and differently with ourselves over time probably. I flip I flip through it sometimes because it's that type of yep. book. Yep. Um, and I also think it it like aligns really well with like the self-awareness piece of educator SEL of, of adult SEL and really um you know not just saying like happy, mad, sad <laughs> are the emotions, it's just there's this massive book of all these different sort of um, all the grades in between, you know, all the all the, the variety of um, the human experience. So that's really interesting and you two that? Thank you very much for your presentation, any no questions. Thank you all for being here, thank you for having us.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Okay, next up on the agenda we have a, a brief update for one of our DIP goals. And Mrs. Morano, who will be presenting today on uh, a few pieces once again, uh, just to kind of paint the picture. We also have, uh, you'll hear some of this, you've heard it threaded and referenced throughout the school year through various school-based presentations. And then you'll hear it again through superintendent uh, evaluation on goals. So some of the concepts will be referenced in multiple ways, which we think is a good thing. But tonight I have Mrs. Morano here to report out on our DIP goal, our district improvement plan goal number one
11: for you. Yes, thank you, and Dr. Rogers will chime in. Um, and Dr. Rogers, I uh, apologize. You. No, no, She's, you know, we're there for each other. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> okay, so the first few slides, we've seen these before. Um, we've had our plan presentations um, from um, the special office administrators. In February, we had objective three about high quality instruction. On April 11th, we had a And rigorous curriculum, and tonight you have supporting the social emotional well being of students and staff. On the 23rd, you'll have our last update for objectives four and five. As always, all of our work is grounded in our portrait (coughs) of the qualities of what we want our graduates to be Franklin High School with, and whether that is at 18 when they're 12th graders, or is that when they're 22 when they're leaving some of our specialized programs or, or other. Educational um, opportunities. We want them to be confident and self aware, empathetic and productive citizens, curious and creative thinkers, effective communicators and collaborators, and reflective and innovative problem solvers. And this drives all of our um, goals and initiatives. We are also grounded in our vision and core values. So, strategic objective one is supporting, as I said, the social well being of students and staff. As Mr. G. Garrett alluded to, you know, you've heard. Um, building-based updates regarding this um, strategic objective, um, regarding how, other, um, school, how our, our schools are supporting our students, as well as our staff's well-being. Um, so always our purpose, um, you know, it's, no, it's nothing new. You all know where our students are right now in regarding their mental health and social-emotional well-being, as well as our staff. Um, you know, it, it's, we have students who are dysregulated, who are struggling with anxiety and depression, dysregulation, and it impacts our staff. It, it really does impact our staff. Um, we're not teaching the same students we did pre-pandemic. Um, so we need to really adjust our practices. I, I truly believe, and I've said it over and over again, we need to adjust our practices to meet the students where they are. Um, so we also, you know, want to make sure that our students are developing those connections um, with our staff and our students, right? Building relationships is the foundation. If we feel safe in our, commu- in our schools, and our classrooms, we're going to be learn we're going to take risks so we want to make sure that our students are develop those school connections develop those positive behaviors and with that they'll increase their academic achievement and performance so we have um three strategic initiatives under this objective one is implementing our tiered systems of support for screening monitoring and track communicating progress towards the sel competencies as well as implementing our tiered systems of tracking, responding, communicating student behaviors. And then the final one is our equity action plan. um, Tonight I'm not going to focus on our equity action planning initiative 1C because that will be in our uh, presentation on May um, 23rd, Um, we'll focus on that. So this year we ensured that we had consistent screening practices across the district. So at the um, preschool level we um, use the EDECA for any of our currently enrolled students with or without disabilities who are demonstrating some lagging skills in the area of social emotional development or dysregulation. Um, all five elementary schools did um, implement the DESA, both in the fall and the spring. Um, at the middle school and high school level, we are doing the signs of suicide um, screening with, um, thankfully, with, from the, with the people from the Wellesley College for Women, in grades um, seven and nine, and the expert screening will be done next month in grades eight and 10. Um, we are ensuring that we're analyzing, as you've been hearing at the different uh, presentations from the schools, we're analyzing our data through our data team meetings or our IST or team meetings. Um, and then we're con- de- beginning to develop those SEL tiered systems of support. Um, and also, obviously we have heard before, we're implementing the um, middle school and high school advisory program, which I'll highlight um, in a few minutes. Um, so our next steps are continuing our SEL screenings. Um, we, I, would all, I am also going to work with our admin team to initiate next year um, Panorama SEL surveys. That's through our Panorama system for our students in grades three through 12. So these are SEL surveys. So this will be another consistent screening across the elementary and now the middle school and high school. So we'll go beyond our Esper and our SOS and our Metro West will implement another screening. And this is a survey that the student will report on their own understanding of self-regulation and the different competencies. Um, we're going to continue to expand our advisory program um, at both the middle school and high school level continue to work on developing our systems to support for SEL, especially that tier one, and then obviously continue professional development and collaboration regarding social emotional learning. The second initiative um, in regarding our implementing our tracking systems for student behaviors, as you've seen in our handbook um, presentation at the beginning of the school year, all of the different levels developed that discipline matrix to really make it fit family front Family front facing—that's the word I want to use. Family front facing. So they're understanding, you know, if your student um, has this behavior or has this infraction, this this will be the consequence. Um, so that has been consistent. We're also working. Um, I we're working with our diversity awareness club. We heard from our students at the high school level that you know, we don't know what happens when we report bullying. We don't know what happens, so we're like, oh, it's right in your handbook that you reviewed at the beginning of the year and signed off on. Um, And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, we don't have to develop one. So what we did do is make some posters um, with some QR codes and they're posted in all of the house offices and different areas around the high school so students know, okay, if I I report that I'm bullied and something happens, they do the investigation, there is a finding, this is is possibly what will, the consequence will be for that person. So they felt good about that. Um, So that was one of um, the recommendations that came out through our um, equity action um, plan. Uh, um, We're gonna continue to, uh, we provide professional development for our school-based leadership teams on navigating the Panorama Student Success platform, which I'll share in a few minutes. And then we continue to explore with our leadership team, team, the Panorama um, platform to track our student behaviors. So our next step is to review and revise discipline matrix as needed so we'll review that over during our summer retreats. Um, Continue now, begin to hopefully utilize, not hopefully, we will be utilizing Panorama during our IST meetings to analyze, track and analyze our data and then obviously continue our professional development and collaboration around these um, initiatives. what I, I'm gonna highlight advisory so this was our advisory roll rollout plan um, this year as you know this summer and fall we developed the um, Tasked an advisory committee at both levels to establish the planning and collaboration and progress monitoring of our um, advisory lessons um, We rolled it out this fall um, in the winter and upcoming spring we are going to survey our teachers and students to gather some feedback Um, i know a big question is how's advisory going Um, so we're looking forward to getting that feedback from our staff to hear how they think it's going how we can improve it how we can expand it as well as our students how is it going Um, and then um, continue to meet with our advisory committee as i said and to look at those adjustments and recommendations I wanted to highlight for you a simple a sample of a middle school advisory plan of how the lessons work. Um, so if you recall, um, our middle school advisory committee, I wanna say it was in February, um, presented to you about the middle school advisory program. Um, and this is just a typical week. Um, this is at the beginning of the school year. So Mondays are usually that weekend check-in. Um, this one on Monday they talked about you know creating new pathways in your brain. They continued that lesson talking about mistakes and failures. Um, talked about gratitude, um, then talked about different activities about uh, kind of growth mindset. And then on Friday, they always end with a team building activity, which I believe my understanding is, is kind of up to the advisory teacher of what kind and the in and the group, the cohort of what kind of team building they want to do. Um, I also want to, I um, look back on the high school, it's, the format's a little bit different. So every day the high school meets, I want to say for its 10 minutes, I think about 10 minutes. Um, where it's really that check-in with your teacher, kind of check-in with your peers, and then once a month they have a longer block where they do a lesson, some sample lessons that I, I noticed in the planning document were like how to write an email with etiquette. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good one, right? <laughs> Stress and mindfulness, um, reviewing Aspen and then reflecting and goal setting for yourself, and then resume and cover letter writing. Look, so those are just some samples. So our biggest, um, as we talk about SEL and we talk about the needs of our students, to talk about the needs of our staff, you know, it's not only um, a staffing, to, to meet the needs of our students, it's not only that we need staff, okay? That's important, obviously we want staff to support our students, but I'm gonna say it, we also have the, we need the appropriate systems and structures in place to make sure <laughs> that we're able to meet the needs. And one of those um, areas that, structures and systems that we brought to the, that we um, invested in this year is the Panorama platform. And this is the Panorama Student Data Dashboard. And what it does is it takes all of our data. So you've listened from our schools, how they are doing MTSS and how they're gathering data with the data team. So they might have, you know, a spreadsheet for SEL. They might have, a, you know, they have map data, they have MCAPS data, they have regular assessment data then they might have behavioral data and they have attendance data, but it's all these different buckets. What Panorama does is it brings it all together in one dashboard, so it's in one area. So no longer are we looking at different buckets, but we're looking at a whole child on one dashboard. And as I said, we're gonna be looking at behavior, attendance, the DEFSA data, the SEL survey data from Panorama when we implement that next year, as well as our academic data with MAP and MCAT. Um, and it's all
1: here on this one location. Can I add something, Mrs. Moran? Absolutely. Um, also, you're able to set thresholds. So if you set a threshold of behavioral referrals, more than one, two in a month, um, a deci rating that was below um, what was expected, you'll notice on the right, do you see the color coding? It'll start to provide a visual representation of a student in time on an area where there might be a lagging skill or an area of celebration in order to try to identify but to pull all of the pieces that you've heard us reference over your time um, through presentations in an effort to try to bring that all into one place and then um, track and respond. So I just wanted to follow up the point that you made is around trying to, it does set the threshold for you to look at um, how kids perform.
11: So this was our rollout structure this year. Um, as as I shared earlier, it is a um, multi-year implementation plan. Um, we started this fall and winter um, working with the Panorama data teams. Um, it was Dr. Rogers, myself, our de- our um, tech people to really make sure we have all the data uploaded into this this um, system. Thank you um, system. Um, it, took us a little longer than we anticipated. They're a little, as it always does, right, with technology, there's little flips in, in here and there, um, but we did get it all up there. Um, so what's nice is the data will upload nightly from Aspen. So any of our data in Aspen, like grades, um, the MK, not the MCAT scores, um, behavioral data, attendance data, that gets uploaded nightly, so that's really advantage. We do have to do a manual upload for MCAS data, but that, we can manage that. Um, in the winter and spring, we provided professional development for our building administrative teams on navigating what Panorama is, how we navigate it, what, what are the advantages, what, what are the different intricacies of Panorama. We also developed um, goals for this pilot few months of what we were expecting our leadership teams to do with Panorama. Basically it was get messy with it, try it out, play with it, um, get familiar with it. Um, Then we asked them this spring to continue to pilot Panorama and reflect on the successes and challenges. Um, Panorama has hundreds and hundreds of intervention strategies that are in there and libraries of intervention strategies for all four areas, four domains. so what we need to do is really look in the, look at those intervention strategies, try them out, figure out what we wanna use in Franklin, what kind of interventions we wanna implement here, because there's so many, but we can't do them all, and it's overwhel- it's extremely overwhelming. So that, that was the task that we asked our leadership teams to do this spring. And then this summer, we'll take all that feedback and then start to develop an implementation plan for our fall of 2023. So, here's another example of a success platform. This is a school um, view of the platform. As Mr. Giger said, you have different color codes. So, the two greens are our kids that are on, our students that are on track. And then we have the yellow, which are the at risk students, and then the red, which are the critical students. And it looks in all these areas. And like we said, we established an initial threshold, but we can adjust those to meet our needs. And that's one of the things we're exploring this spring. Um, what you can do with Panorama, you can then filter the data to meet your needs. So if you're an interventionist or if you're a reading specialist or a speech language pathologist, you can filter your data so you just see your students. Also, when you decide that students need to, you need to provide intervention for students, you can make an intervention group um, and set goals and progress monitoring. So we know this is going to be a useful tool that allow us to efficiently and track and monitor our student data and student progress over time. So we're really excited um, to begin that. Um, but like I said, it was, it was a little overwhelming at first, but the more we play with it, the more messy we get with it. I think um, it'll be an extremely useful tool for us. Any
2: questions? <laughs>
10: Hi,
5: thank you so much um, and I, um, I'm sorry I stepped out I, t- I got a tick because like, oh, I, yeah, well, I, mean, I, I was picking flowers before here and, and I got a tick so I ran out because I was like, ah, I feel them all up for me. Um, so I'm sorry I missed part of it. I'm still like creeped out. <laughs> um, I have a few questions. One is um, data can be helpful. Uh, data also means an extra burden on (coughs) teachers to enter the data Mm -hmm. so I'm um, I guess I'm not asking for an answer right now but as you do the rollout I just want to be mindful of the extra burden of more time away from children teaching them and being with them in the classroom and then
11: entering data so exactly, that's a concern that's why initially like because everyone's asking as well as will teachers have access to this? Not yet, because we really as administrators and leadership teams need to figure out how we're gonna get that data updated that's not automatically uploaded. So yes, we understand. Thank you.
5: Um, The second one is, um, and again, it just kind of popped into my head because, Elementary and middle school operate a lot on teams. And then, unfortunately, in high school, you become siloed, and you may not, unless you happen to bump into, maybe, I, I know this isn't just my school, but unless you happen to bump into the science teacher and go, Oh, are you guys struggling with that kid too? There's no like set system for figuring out. And so sometimes when I enter a behavioral referral, I'm like, Oh, you've been skipping all your classes. So, um, and then I've had parents who were like, I had no idea that all these were here and I was able to send them 15 different incidents, not from just my class. And the, the parent was like, well, I would have, you know, loved to have known. And each teacher thinks I'm just dealing with, you know, an isolated incident or here or there. So I know I get a notification when my kid's grade is entered that's below, but is there some sort of, I'm not suggesting that this is something to implement, but I wonder if there's a dashboard of like, to, to have parents help, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not suggesting that that would make a lot of sense, uh, or that that's the route to go, but um, that parent's comment did make me think like, that would it? if we'd known that this was spread across all the seven classes, and it wasn't just me, because it hadn't risen to the level of me contacting the parent until that moment. So I just, how can we leverage this tool Mm -hmm. so that, I know in high school it's harder with, there's no team model, but so that Mm -hmm. um, interventions can happen in a way that would be really helpful and happen more quickly.
12: So the one thing I would say is what this, we feel this is gonna do for us is give us that whole child's picture. Okay. And so what we're trying to do is be very, thoughtful and streamlined and efficient and not kind of jump to and say, hey, this is the new thing that we're yep. doing. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to bring, we started with just um, principals and our leadership team at central office, and then we pulled in the instructional leadership teams at every level, which included at the high school, department heads. Okay. And so to be really thoughtful about the folks that are involved in the SST meetings at the high school. and and. Understand the advantage that folks can have by looking at all that data in one spot. So, as the English teacher, you may not have access to that data now, but your department head does. And so, when there's a, a, a concern that's arising, that that individual has this whole picture view of, mm-hmm. of academics in every content area, behavior referrals, the SEL data, that, you know, all of those pieces to be able to collaborate and communicate more with families. So it's not just what's happening in my English class, but how can we support holistically and what's like the root cause of what's happening is really the intention and goal of this. It's just trying to be thoughtful
2: mm-hmm. about
12: the implementation and not putting too much on teachers. And Quite honestly, it's not. this isn't a data input system. We don't enter data. Okay. We enter data into our different tools map and, and mm-hmm. give the panorama survey would be one that we would be giving, but it all gets pulled in. And it would just be that intervention portion that is some data entry, but again, that's the intention isn't to have classroom teachers okay. doing that work.
5: Um, my last question is, and I this is um, more for educating the public, but I know schools um, have policies and also regulations, and they're very careful to have gatekeeping of kids' data. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
5: so I just wanted to. Um, and I'm not even expecting that you would have, because you're not the tech person. But just a um, a, a reminder or an assurance to families that the, the the data is used, kept here, or I don't know what
11: happens. But yes, you that's the first thing it. we do. That is the first thing we do when we when we do any type of um, system like this, is make sure that the data is safe and secure. Okay. Yeah. Thanks.
7: Kind of piggyback on that too, because I know, like when we had like the DLIs, we talked about like, student data privacy. So, um, with some of this data, once uh, you know, once a kid goes, graduates, leaves Franklin, what happens to to their data?
1: They become non. Once you're a non-member of the school, it's similar to like Aspen. If you're checking grades, you become a non-member, and then you're an inactive student in there. Um, I believe it's. It stays within the system archived um, for record keeping purposes, Um, but in the immediate, I don't know after seven years, I know that there are some statutes around how long records are kept, but in the immediate it turns to an inactive and then it's not, it's only accessible to a system administrator at that point once you've officially graduated.
7: Um. uh, So like the system administrator as in it's stored locally, not um, on the cloud or at somebody you know, on someone else's uh, website, is that correct?
1: Um, In this case, if they signed a student data privacy agreement, which Panorama has, um, the data is secured. I don't know how it's housed um, within the system or on our servers or in their platform. I don't want to misspeak, but I'm happy to follow up. That
7: would be great. I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, And something else, uh, then, just in terms of that program, uh, I love the thoughtful and kind of like, like long term approach about how to roll this in, and I really love just the you know um, just to get messy and try it out. I feel like there's so many things, especially when it comes to to tech and computer apps, some of the the most success that I've gained is just seeing what happens and, and trying to break the program, and that's how you know you really kind of figure out you know um, how to use it more effectively and efficiently. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's great to kind of have that type of. A, a but uh, and something else earlier in the slides um, talked about screeners for signs of suicide. Yes. Now I know that previously we had, I think through um, Senator President Spilker, we had the grant yes. for the screener, which unfortunately has expired. Um, will there still be screeners moving forward?
11: Yes, we, yes we're, we, this, we typically use, um, we're very fortunate that Senator Spilker and Senator Rausch both um, are champions of mental health and um, have earmarks for mental health support. So we've been, um, that's usually, that's what we use that earmarks for is the signs of suicide screener. So.
7: And then just in terms of, because I, I thought in the, the budget that uh, some of those funds were set to expire. So will we still be able to to continue on with those programs next fall? As currently, or is that kind of something that we might be hearing about tomorrow and over the coming weeks at the finance meetings?
12: So we got funding for two years um, for the work that's been um, done for those screenings. Um, That funding is set to expire at the end of June. And as of now, we've applied for additional funding
8: via earmark. Um, we have not heard
2: yet whether
6: or not it has been funded. All right. All right. <clears throat> um, so, I had a question regarding consistent screening, um, mm-hmm. have we seen any, uh, gaining learnings from that or seen any benefits based on the program being implemented? The DESA screening um, or? For the for pre-K and also K through five.
11: Yes. So yeah. So um, again, we have some schools that have been using it longer. Um, so the schools that have been using it for only two years, they're now really looking into the now what. So really looking at those tier one supports. So they're diving into the, the resources that DESA provides as well um, to implement um, those tier one supports. So yes, we're using that data. we we're, we're, we're Getting messy with with the resources again to support the students within the classroom. Yes, we're using the data consistently for our tier two supports and tier three supports with our counselors. They are using that information. Um, so, um, but you know, we're continuing to to improve on it. That's okay,
3: great. Thank you. On um, that, no questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, no, thank you for this presentation. Uh, it seems like this is um, really excellent. Both, I mean, the data itself that we we're getting, but also the um, tracking systems to be able to put it all together to create a, uh, a comprehensive profile of your students to address their needs. Um, so could, could you maybe expand upon so this, this data tracking and um, this, uh, the curation of it all. Um, again, it's, it's excellent to have this full this picture. Um, so practically speaking, what's the process for having the, the data itself be translated into changing the, the student behavioral plans? Like, is there, like what's the review process for that look like and um, how has that changed
11: to now that we're implementing this compared to what it was like before? So I think, as we said, we're able to look at the whole child. So as as you've heard like today from the Keller team, you know, they're, they're tracking this data, they're tracking the social emotional data, they're tracking the behavior data, they're implementing interventions and then they're progress mar- monitoring that. All of our schools are doing that, but now we'll get to see that compared also to their academic data compared to their attendance data and put it all together. Um, you know, we always have systems in place for our students who need individual indiv- individual behavior plans and our, you know, our BCBAs and our counselors collect that data, it's anecdotal data, it's, it's other SEL screenings that they collect and they analyze and they adjust the plans um, accordingly. So um, there's whole, you know, there's larger school data data in regarding behavior, but there's also specific student data that our BCBAs and counselors track individually, so, and then. It, you know, change the plans, adapt the plans as needed.
3: Thank you. Uh, and then, um, looking, look up, look, looking forward um, past this year and well, this year, what, what supports do we anticipate will still be needed um, to respond to students' social-emotional behavioral needs coming out of the pandemic? Sure.
11: Um, staff. <laughs> um, you know, I think, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll get them to increase our middle school counselors. So as, you know, as you saw through the superintendent's recommended budget, for uh, um, requesting that we add a middle school counselor at Amy Sullivan and Remington, um, and that that will help balance the middle school level um, because that's one area. You know, I had the counselors in a full room, and I have all these counselors for elementary. I have all these counselors for for high school, and then there was the, just a smaller group of counselors for middle school. So this will really help level that off and support our students at the middle school level who are being hospitalized. I've, I heard of two students today at the middle school level that were were Hospitalized and they have to come back, um, and we have to support those students. So, I think you know for next year that's that's a start, um, ideally, vision wise, um, long term. Um, as I, I think an additional counselor at each level I mean, at each school, elementary school, and even at the high school to provide those tier one supports, as Mr. Stark you know eloquently shared. This at this. Evening, you know, we start off really well where our counselors are able to do that coaching coaching and modeling in the classroom so our teachers, you know, have those um, strategies to work with our students and, and support their social emotional needs. But as the needs of the students increase and they're, A- they're needing to provide those tier two and tier three supports, we have to pull back on the classroom supports. Um, I think if we really are able to address the students' needs at the tier one level, coach our teachers because they didn't go to counseling school. They didn't go to psych- you know, become psychologists and social workers. They, they really aren't, you know, they, they'll tell you they're struggling supporting our students, but they'll learn that with, when we give them the important, the programming and the support and the modeling and the coaching and they'll be able to support those students. So we really, across the board, both academically and social emotionally, really need to build up our tier one supports, really need to, to support our classroom teachers um, and our students within those. So, so that's my long-term vision, you know, because um, if we can really have a solid base of, of, of mental health providers to provide those supports in the classroom um, and coach out with our students, I think it'll go a long way. I think even bigger than that, this is a community problem. This isn't just a school problem. Um, you know I had our mental health and well-being task force meeting today and we were talking about big picture what do we need to do because it is falling on the schools and we can't do it all. Um, so we talked we were brainstorming today with you know and we talked about, You know, increasing our recreational activities for our middle school students and our high school students so they have a place to go after school um, to keep busy. And increasing transportation, GATRA, would be huge if our our middle school students could get to the YMCA to participate in all the beautiful offerings the YMCA has in this town or recreational activities that have in this town. You know, we talked about our students who are you know, we're athletes playing basketball, and I'm going on my tangent, sorry. Um, I've been hanging out with Dr. Bergen too much. <laughs> but, you know, if we had some of these activities for our students who, you know, may not make the high school basketball team or a soccer team, but had like rec league after school that they could join or flag football, that they're missing out on that piece. You know, they're, they're wondering where, where's their cohort, where's their niche, where's their group that they can develop relationships with. So that's even bigger picture if you really want to know what we need to do. So there you go. <laughs>
3: well, Thank you for the very detailed response. <laughs> 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 any your passion for our
11: students, Yeah,
8: I really appreciate that, too, because I think sometimes we decided that, because we're also so focused on the schools. Um, but it's absolutely a community, community uh, venture, for sure. Community responsibility. I don't have any specific questions. I really enjoyed this. Uh,
11: and I'd
2: love to see more about Panorama as you have more about Panorama. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, I remember uh, when we were talking <clears throat> about Panorama a year ago or something, something like that when we were, we were just gonna start to get into it. From what I recall, it's cloud-based, right? So yeah, I think it's like the external mm-hmm. um, um, thing, but I, I would imagine
1: it. Might be, uh, it's probably encrypted data, right? Uh, it, it, it is they, every every software we use that has student data, student privacy, has to sign an agreement that they will house it, maintain it, not share it, not sell it, uh, and whatnot, and that's an agreement we have in place and we created with the DLIs a process for making sure that that's set up before we um, start inputting data uh, into it. So I do remember you mentioning that before too. Um,
2: and how, how do you find it, in, like, the, the, like, uh, of, like the user snappiness,
12: flexibility, of it, um, and stuff like that, is it pretty responsive? I think we're learning. We're learning. I think it is. <laughs> I, think we're, I think where we're at is we have certain systems in place, and then we have a new, a, a new um, database or warehouse, and we're trying to kind of figure out where we can create efficiencies. And right now, it does feel a little bit redundant, because we're doing different things in different places, and just trying to make that alignment more seamless. So we're we're working through it.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, it's always tough uh, to learn a new thanks for the presentation of the whole I'll start with my easy one first.
0: Um, so I'm just checking through our handy dandy EduSpeak speak glossary um, is there any way we can get some of these added on to there? Sure. Just like the expert and yes. the uh, math. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I did check it are on there. Thank you. Um, second, so I know that our strategic objective one is about the s- supporting the social, emotional, well-being of students and staff. You heard a lot about students. What about staff? Yeah.
11: Um, I think, you know, it's it's really our building, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, right? I can tell you, you know, self-care, go for a walk, read a book, go to the gym and, you know, prescribe all these things and, and they might not work for you. Um, so I think, you know, our principals are doing a great job working with their staff directly and we're supporting our principals and trying to take care of our principals so then they can take care of our staff, right? Cause if our principals aren't feeling good and, and Overwhelmed and whatnot, then, then of course it's going to snow into their buildings. So I think our principals are doing a great job, as you saw, you know, the, the um, what's happening at Jefferson, the Wellness, Wellness Wednesdays, and you know, Mr. Starch and, and, and Ms. B. Savage and Ms. Senko highlighted what they're doing at each building, So I think they're each focusing on their staff and their staff needs, um, and we, we're supporting our administration and, and, and each other, I think, in, the, in our journey together. So it's bad, like the airplane. We're trying to put our yeah.
1: own, yes, exactly, exactly. Can I add a comment to that? Of course. The other piece that we control and what we can do is really think about how we plan yes. and we try to be as thoughtful as possible around initiatives and not just try to jump on shiny ideas, but try to root them in what's best for kids and do them. One thing that I've been really reflecting on this year and just my experience in a new role, but having been in education for two decades is the pace in which we operate and what's expected, and the level of service that we provide in Franklin is, is uh, excellent and I'm proud of that. But I think what you could expect moving forward is we start to lay out plans. I It's almost like when you think you're gonna build a shed in like two weekends and it takes you five. <laughs> Um, I think we have to be realistic with timelines and I hope that we have the support of the school committee to say I'd rather be realistic in saying what we're going to accomplish and try to break things down in a little bit of a more manageable way because we all know um, throughout the course of this year alone, the types of things that um, took place and the amount of time we've spent in a variety of different areas that aren't on the plan um, and wanting to always keep one foot anchored in goal driven, purposeful work that's in the best interest of kids, but recognizing that bandwidth, um, the people we have, the amount of personnel we have to move anything forward takes time, so I'm just, uh, that's an area I heard loud and clear from my leadership team, from every single school that I visited with the staff was just around pacing and being realistic with it and set uh, really important goals, but try to step them out so that they're done well and not just done for the sake of setting a goal with a timeline. So I just would point to that and say that that's an area I think that uh, is a staff, I think that is considerate of, of staff members and leadership when you think that way, when you plan that way.
12: Can I add one more thing? Yeah. Um, I think about when we say supporting students social emotional well-being, we talk a lot about bringing them together and having like learning experiences together to grow as an adolescent. And I think, when I think about our professional social, emotional well-being, I think about our professional growth, and I think we have a lot of room to go, to grow, but I think about professional learning opportunities within the district. And so we really, I, it's been highlighted at the, the um, school presentations as well, but really trying to honor teacher voice um, to, to provide opportunities um, whether it's flexible learning on our PD day, like the two days we have as a district, are, two professional learning days and you know just neatly in one of those and bringing food trucks in you know trying to do things like Mm -hmm. that in those small pockets it's not enough Mm -hmm. I recognize that but there are those opportunities where we're really trying to um, support the professional growth for teachers you know through course reimbursements and you know and and through professional learning opportunities through collaboratives that we're with and really (coughs) those and grow those opportunities so I see that as a mechanism for supporting social emotional Thank you, Dr. Rogers. And Mr. Jagir, thank you for sharing
0: all of that and being so honest with your um, information. You're thank you. And then I wanted to thank Mr. Callahan, I couldn't see it. Thank you. Um, for highlighting that we're going to lose the funding for the suicide screening and being passionate. This is something that I'm passionate about. This is important. You know, Mr. Jagir, you highlighted in March. Sixty-four middle school students attempted suicide. Eighty-two high school students attempted suicide, and we're going to be losing the funding for our suicide screening, and that is just appalling. And uh, we need to find the, the, the funding for this. That just it breaks my heart, and it really angers me. So I appreciate you highlighting that. Okay. If there's nothing else, we'll move in.
1: All right, discussion action items. So we have three discussion action items for you. Um, Two of them are appointments to boards. I feel a little odd recommending myself. It's like voting for yourself (laughs) for some (laughs) sort of thing. But I will do my best. I recommend approval of the appointment of Lucas Jagir as the BICO board representative for Franklin Public Schools for the 23-24 school year. Do you?
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a motion to approve the appointment of Lucas Jagir as the Bico board representative for Franklin Public Schools for the 23-24 school year as discussed? Almost Is there a second? Second. Discussion? Questions? <laughs> Seeing none, vote will come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? My right, motion carries. Mr. Jagir, before we move on to B, I have to ask Ms. Stokes to accuse herself and head on out into the hallway. Camille, when done voting on fee if you could get the lease from the hallway. Sure. So
1: we can uh, skedaddle. All right, Mr. Jagir. Hey, I recommend approval of the appointment of Lucas Jagir as the accept board representative for the Franklin Public Schools for the 23-24 school year.
0: Okay, is there a motion to approve the appointment of Lucas Jagir as the accept board representative for Franklin for the 23-24 school year as discussed? So, moved. So is there a second? Second. All right. Discussion questions. All right. Seeing none, but we'll come in the motion. All those in favor, signify by
9: saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right. We have one. Sixty-one.
1: Okay. Can you get her? All right. Sixty-two. Here. Moving on to C. Okay. Just wait for her. She. Yeah. She really left the room. I don't did, know. She, like, she did she like the, the left building? building? She, she took, the took yeah. off. She's, She's here. I see. She
10: Get going to get us all flurries?
1: Okay. It's a short walk. Okay. So the third is the redistricting vote. I recommend approval of the redistricting recommendation as detailed in the redistricting analysis report. Um, just to tee this one up, mm-hmm. just to walk through, you'll um, recall on May 9th, we held, I'm sorry, today's May 9th, isn't it? Yes, I so April 20, thank you, April 25th, we had a school committee meeting with a presentation. In your packet was the um, redistricting analysis report, which included the process and the timeline of the that we took throughout the year, the communications, the story map that existed, the uh, feedback from the community input sessions, along with the um, survey data, as well as um, some additional survey data related to the buffer zones as requested to uh, provide that, uh, along with some information a- at the end that included financial impacts and some long-range facilities planning um, that laid out uh, a roadmap for that particular process. So before you tonight, is um, it's open for a discussion and a final vote on the direction that we would move in this way, so okay. happy to answer any questions.
0: Is there a motion to approve the redistricting recommendation as detailed in the redistricting analysis report as discussed? So moved. Is there a second?
7: Okay. Real quick. I'm looking to we can all kind of chat if there is no well, second. we
0: can't just have a discussion unless there's a second.
7: Okay, then I'll second.
0: Okay, thank you. All right, discussion questions. I'll go down the line. Camille? Can I, can I wait? Sorry.
5: Okay. Uh, sure, Dave?
7: Um, yeah, so just to, to start, uh, again, I wanna thank everybody that was involved uh, throughout this entire process, uh, you know, the fifty uh, community members that we kind of had, uh, and, uh, and and everybody who kind of came out, and then we had um, a couple of listening sessions. My colleague and I, uh, and, and numerous people who kind of just reached out, um, just even outside of that, and also through emails, all that uh, you know was was heard and incredibly valuable. So I want to thank you all uh, for, for that. Um, as we kind of Talked a lot about uh, this particular issue. Um, we also, kind of, like the past couple of weeks, had the opportunity to do some tours, uh, a lot of the facilities, a lot of the schools, and I think for me, one of the things that really kind of stood out when we started visiting so many of the other uh, schools across the community were. Well, not the same uh, problems that, that, say, Keller's kind of experiencing right now in terms of uh, the, just the sheer volume of students, but a lot of other problems that were being experienced across uh, you know all of our schools. I know uh, we had over at Jefferson, there was, I believe it was like six uh, classrooms dedicated to specialized programs. And over at Kennedy, they had uh, modules that are, are well past their lifetime uh, and uh, past their prime. They had, you know, there was uh in the ceiling, the the carpet was held together with duct tape and space heaters because the the heating system wasn't reliable. And it it really kind of brought this issue, for me at least, kind of into clearer focus to say, um, you know, there are issues all across the district and, you know, in in every facility that we have. Uh, and, And while certainly the option two that's currently kind of on the table does solve for one problem. It, it, there are other problems that need to be addressed. And I think that there, there are also other problems where I know, um, I don't know if, if Dr. Conley's uh, here, but, but over at, at Kennedy, and not to, to kind of put her on the spot, but when we talked about those modules and about really how um, helpful it would be to be able to, to get the kiddos out of some of those aging modules, there were plans in place to be able to do so uh, in the fall uh, to have most, if not all, of those modules kind of vacated and moved into uh, the existing facility over at Kennedy, based upon today's numbers and population. Um, there was question, hesitancy, if option two is incorporated, if that would be possible or if that would kind of just continue the utilization of a lot of these aging modules. Um, and so uh, so again, it was really the, the ability to kind of go to some of these tours that um, I really do think, certainly hear from all my colleagues as well too, but uh, I think it, it gives out much more, really kind of behooves the community uh, to a greater extent if we first focus on a more long-term plan. Uh, then to to kind of move immediately into option two. You all set? You all then Yeah. Oh,
2: uh,
6: I'm gonna ask anybody else
2: to do <laughs>
6: No? Yeah, and Mr. Jagir, just correct me if I'm wrong, the mm-hmm. modules were not counted in as part of capacity as part of Kennedy, correct?
1: The modules were <coughs> not counted as <coughs> part of the um, of the space, this is good, but I don't believe that they were uh, currently. Currently, they um, they have a music space and a where the health units are taught are in that space, along with some um, additional spaces for uh, some of our related services are in there currently. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so, not no.
6: Rehash anything that was in that 22, 21 page document. I feel like it, it covered a lot of the details that folks needed to read and understand to really talk to the details. Uh, what else will speak to is the question that uh, Stokes had mentioned last time around, like, why now? And I, I think if we look historically, the things that should be done in Franklin are tend to be pushed down the road. Um, and we, we wait until it's an emergency and then we take action. Um, and then when we do take action, we have a short time frame to take action. Hence, for example, the davis air closure. I feel like the, the school had been talked through about being closed for many, many years uh, by many other previous uh, school committees, and the closure never happened. And By the time it ended up being something to take action for, um, it was done in a quick time frame. Um, And while we're in a space where the need to redistrict is not a crisis now, I think this is the time that behooves us to look look at this and say, how do we get ahead of this so that we're not dealing with the decision in a crisis and we're not focusing on a short time frame where we have to make this change and not really be able to look through um, what needs to be done in the right time frame. also, another reason why why now was around, just really confidence around the Master Facilities Plan. I, I agree, I believe this, this is something that needs to be done. Um, this is something that we need to go through. However, I don't think this is something that will be done in the next six years easily. Um, as you all know, we asked for a brand new band this year because our existing band was going to um, probably you know fall apart and we were denied. And it was only for $70,000. What happened? Our van broke. We had no van, we had to figure out what to do. And we finally got the $70,000. Um, but it was after we had to deal with a crisis. And for Mass Silly's Plan, it's not just doing the assessment. The assessment is probably the easy part. The funding is the hard part. Finding the capital and getting approval is the hard part. And then implementing it is the hard part. And I I just don't have the confidence that if we can't get $70,000 for a van, that we're gonna get millions of dollars in the short term to do um, any work on these schools to adjust any of the uh, equity concerns and space and concerns in the the near future. So um, I'm fully supportive of a facilities plan. I think it's, it's prudent to do so because it will help us understand what are the things that we don't know and what are the severities of the conditions um, of the buildings uh, to what you stated. But it's not something that's going to happen in the short term and if we do redistrict in the next 18 months with option 2, it's not going to be as if we're going to redistrict again shortly after, uh, given the, the needs for the fund to the buildings. So. Okay.
2: Did-
3: Thank you very much. Um, so first I'd like to say thank you to um, Space Needs Committee. Um, this is obviously not an easy task, so I've just really appreciated uh, a lot of long hours putting this information together. And, uh, and yeah, it's certainly monumental, so thank you. And I um, appreciate you, um, Al, as the chair of the Space Needs Committee, for uh, putting this recommendation together along with our colleagues. And um, thank you for, for that info and I have great respect for work you've done. Now uh, That being said, um, I, I feel as though that the best course of action at this moment would be to um, have the master facilities plan done first, so that long term we do have a more strategic vision for how we just might need to go um, in the future and how our facility should be best used um, down, down the line. Um, I think to do this now and then potentially use the redistrict again in a few years um, might not be the best course of action. And I think from what I understand correctly, I wasn't here when the data was closed, but I understand that when that decision was made, the Master Facilities Plan was part of the discussion and said to um, be one of those steps. And so I think it would be prudent to have that done in order to have the long-term vision understanding for what, where we will be going in the future. So again, thank you very much for your work and for this recommendation. It's very well thought out. I appreciate it and uh, you respecting this input. That's
8: um, where I am right now. Thank you. Yeah. I definitely appreciate you answering that question out because I think that's the big question is why now? Um, yeah. And I I think you're, you're very right about sort of um, Knowing that we need to make a change and then not making a change, but making a change quickly um, or proceed this quickly. And and David, there was a great example that had been talked about for you know decades, far longer than any of us have sat here um, before there was actually any type of action. Um, it's a really good point, and I definitely understand your perspective as far as like wanting to do the redistricting now and do the master facilities plan to get more information and understanding that funding will likely be very difficult um, to secure funding and to implement um, whatever the action steps are. I agree with all of that. I think that makes lots of sense. Um, I do think what um, Dave Callahan said as far as like there's issues at all the schools. and we love them and they're all have their own special special little, you know, idiosyncrasies. Um, but I I think this I think that point Dave Callahan you made about this solves one problem, um, but there are others and, and we we don't even know what we don't know as far as that goes. That just like was what we could see with our eyeballs um, on those days. And so I think a more thorough, you know, looking at looking at the guts of the schools, looking at the plumbing, with the electric in the and the roofs and you know all the spaces and the sinks. Um, that would be, I think, uh, in a really comprehensive and thorough way. Could just give us the information that we need to make um, a decision based on sort of big picture um, considerations. Yeah. So that's my thoughts,
2: ma'am. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thanks for your work on, on the committee, and um, uh, just to be short, I'm, um, in, in favor of the master facilities.
5: Yeah. Okay. Um, I do appreciate all the community members and the staff who emailed or texted or called or spoke to me in the grocery or um, came to these meetings or met in person at our listening sessions. Um, and in some ways, this um, this decision has been or this deliberation over these months has been harder than anything else I've done and, um, because it, there's, it seems so many more factors and the, even all the COVID things and the mask and all that wasn't as difficult as this, um, which I'm surprised to say. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I do remain deeply concerned about the reports that we've heard from Keller staff about disparity in class sizes across the district, about pull-out groups being done in the hallways, about the size of pull-out groups, um, about pull-out groups being done in book rooms and teachers can't get materials during their few months of planning. Um, And so I would charge that the issues that have been identified at Keller include teachers' voices more than ever before, for solutions. Um, and that will be our new principal's job, and I know that the um, the staff expressed such confidence in her ability to listen, and her ability to shepherd them through this. Um, ultimately, though, the compelling arguments for me um, came from, and I would like to applaud um, the people who, that both the staff and the parents who reached out to us and community members were almost to a person, so respectful and reasonable, so understanding of the bigger issue and I was really heartened by the community sense that I recognize this may need to happen for the best of the community. And so many people stepped outside their own concern about their child's uh, fears. And although they might have recognized and shared with us um, heartbreaking stories of their kids being worried about moving um, or how neighborhoods would be separated, that they understood that redistricting is something that has to happen sometimes because we have to have um, an equitable district. Another compelling argument for me to not go forward with it right now is these kids have been through so many learning styles and so many changes, not just the DT kids, but pre-COVID, lockdown teaching, hybrid teaching, coming back from COVID, last year, this year, as a teacher, all three of these were different years, totally different. And they're different for the kids too. And to do this disruption yet again for these kids, even if it's, five years from now, those are different kids who aren't going through this. Um, And then finally, to be purely transparent in in my perspective is we have some difficult budget issues coming up and if 20% of our kids are moved, the goodwill of this community and the, the outpouring of negativity about this decision does not speak well if we spend that capital right now. Um, Just about a year ago, I said that the determination of whether this process is a successful one is not that people are pleased. Um, In fact, somebody said, oh, you're getting ready to piss somebody off tonight. (laughs) I was like, "No, you know, that's a good job. Um, But I said a successful process is that we make it as transparent as possible. And that we give opportunities for community input. And and I feel as though we've tried to do that. But I also believe that it's that we learned, that we've learned a lot about, I mean, some five of the seven of us are still, you know, a year and a half in, and that we've learned to do better, that the next process we know what we didn't know, that we didn't know. Does that make sense? And um, I think the master facilities plan will help, but also we will all be better at assessing it. What's more is I've said at the last listening session and I, I gotta, I gotta, I'm, I'm gonna, I cry easily, <laughs> but the, it was a democratic democratic process in action. I mean, this this is, we're not elected to just have our, own beliefs and never be affected by other people. We are, this is, like local government, local politics is, that's that's where it's at. And people participated. And it took perhaps some of them waking up realizing they're on the map, so I would make this charge to people in the community. One, to the um, decision makers at the schools that Teachers' voices are included for creativity, for um, how buildings are used, how students use the buildings, how teachers use the buildings. To um, include one parent really had a compelling case to be made that um, there were no, that, that psychologists need to be on the panel too about any kind of change or redistricting, that, that our, our school staff who care about the SEL of students. It's not just a logistics decision. And parents were offering, some of them were like, I'm an interior designer, I'm an architect, I can go in that school and I can help you. And so I would would charge parents to stay involved and be helpful. Not annoying, but helpful (laughs) in the process. Because we don't always know everything there is to know about creative solutions. And so I would charge the parents to stay involved, not just go, oh, we have to stay at our school, it's all over. We need help. And continue to be involved in the democratic process, this is where the patriotic music starts, that we all believe in, or claim to believe in, and you have to stay involved in your community to make it the community you want it to
0: be.
7: And that's it, Yes? Um, then uh, I think, I'd like to make an amendment uh, on the motion. Okay, what, let uh, me huh. write down.
0: Okay.
7: Uh, instead of, uh, as kind of came out of committee, Uh, beginning fall of 20, this coming fall with option three, and then the following fall with option two, instead uh, to move forward with option one, keep boundary lines as they are, uh, and uh, then to be looking at more long-term goals and solutions across the entire district.
0: Okay. Um. Is there a motion to amend, to adopt option one, per David Callahan? Was that his motion? That's his motion, motion. yes. So is there a second? Second. All right. So we're going to have a vote on the amendment. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Wait, Wait, can I just
8: clarify? Yes. So does this take option two and three off the table? This is just solely option one in and of itself. Yes. That's how I would. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. One of the time. Okay. So no buffer zones.
13: Boundary lines mm-hmm. remain Boundary as they are today.
8: Remain. We focus on
0: master's facilities planning. Okay. Okay. Just one quick.
8: Okay.
0: All right, so the second, all right, vote will come on the motion. All those in favor of the amendment signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Nay. Okay. All right, so now, with the motion approved. So is there a motion to approve the redistricting recommendation as detailed in the redistricting analysis report as amended?
7: Which again, to clarify is, is, a, the,
0: is what you had discussed. No. So we vote to approve the amendment, then we vote to? to yes, the original original motion as amended okay Okay.
6: so is there a motion is there a second Second. All right. discussion questions so clarify and yes. in, in, in my assumption would have been regardless of <coughs> redistricting or not we would be doing a master facilities plan so in essence we're, we're doing nothing <coughs> we're keeping it everything status quo quo and we would have done a master facilities plan as of the
1: town master facilities plan process. So like, I'm trying to figure out like what are we what are we doing? What are we doing that's different than are the schools so, part of the town
0: master? So facilities?
1: Uh, the schools would conduct if you in the report the final section talks about the schools would be responsible to work with our town facilities to conduct a school master um, a school facilities master plan. Um, but to your point, Mr. Charles, it does need to tie into. A larger picture, because every school is also a town building, so it needs to it needs to be in concert with a larger plan. But in in all recommendations, there was a section that talked about the need for us to conduct a uh, master facilities plan as outlined. So in, in any scenario, the master plan was happening. I think there's shared interest among the members. There's certainly shared interest among my team um, to do that. Um, but the just to be clear, you're voting on what you amended, which was Mr. Callahan's suggestion of option one, which was no change, no buffer. Um, leave as is while the uh, I mean, facilities master plans conducted. Does that answer your question, Mr. Charles? Yes, it does. So okay. keep it with status quo, in short. Thank you. Okay. Any other
6: discussion?
5: I do. I have a question. Um, does it preclude getting creative about um, not spitballing ideas, but creative about reducing the pressure on Keller? In um, does it preclude any other sort of creative conversations about shifting? Um,
1: Never mind. Through no, the chair. Sure. I think too. I would just point out, um, Ms. Bernstein. I think um, one one it it wouldn't based on, on the vote. I would just caution around. Um, I would be cautious around a suggestion at this point after a full year of analysis, where we tried to consider yep. some of the flexible ways. Yep. I think the most flexible way we came up with was option three with an offer. Okay. But um, I just would just say that the other piece too. Um, I know that Mr. Stark offered the invitation for anyone to walk through Keller. I think it may be, regardless of, um, you have a vote amongst you now, but you're welcome to um, work through my office if you'd like to walk through and see, because I do think, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, a lot of work has gone into planning for Keller and the number of students that they have currently, and I know we've heard multiple perspectives, and all of them are valuable, and everyone's entitled to how they navigate a day and and how they work, but I do know, in my time and having been um, at every tour, certainly a lot of effort's gone in to try to do that, and I think there's a continued commitment to want to look at how we utilize space regardless of whatever decisions made. need. Okay. Uh,
8: yeah, I guess sort of to, to your point earlier, um, Mr. Jagir, as far as like not um, pushing too many initiatives, you know, he said something like the next shiny thing, um, pushing you know, things out towards um, staff in a quick way to meet a deadline. I think um, if we're if we're staying with option one, it's sort of like option three and option two would sort of require a lot as far as bandwidth behind the scenes, um, as far as you know, central office and building administrators also. And so I think just those transitions and knowing how hard it can be to transition lots of students. Um, into different places and um, what a lift that would be I think freeing up um, freeing that up makes me feel um, more comfortable I think that's sort of like another variable um, and then as far as like looking at the master's facilities plan having more bandwidth from your offices to sort of help help with your pieces of that and not having to do
12: it all at the same time Okay. any other
0: See, none vote will come in the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye.
6: Aye. Opposed? Nay. Mm -hmm. Motion carries. Moving along,
1: discussion only items. Mr. Jagir. Okay, just get the hearing. Thank you. Okay, so uh, next for discussion only is our. Uh, A recommendation, Um, it's not a recommendation for a vote but it's just a matter of looking for some support from the committee. Um, As you know, we posted our um, school business administrator position, sadly, um, Mrs. Goodman uh, is retiring. And we posted the position twice, we had seven candidates apply for the position. Um, I can get into what I think the, the variables are there for sure. But ultimately, um, one of the things that we did through this search was to conduct uh, contact MASBO as well. Um, they are the state agency that oversees and, and provides leadership and support to school districts related to school, all things school business. Mrs. Goodman's a member. Um, um, they reached out to us um, to look at that and um, offered. An opportunity to explore an interim school business administrator. One thing that I'm cognizant of, um, we really um, had a thoughtful process around trying to hire, but as a new superintendent, um, this particular role is crucial. It's only going to become more important for us to make sure that we have someone with experience who can continue to lead and provide the guidance that we need from the district perspective and for our town, and um, I wanted to just put out to you that I'm interested to continue to explore the opportunity. Maslow did reach out to provide some some supports and some uh, potential um, folks that could be interested um, interested to continue this process. Um, per the state legislator, the rules, um, the appointment of a school business administrator is a school committee function, much like a superintendent. Um, so if uh, that would suffice and if that's something that I can get some support behind to move through, there would be a public interview process for a candidate to come before you. And then provide an opportunity for you to vote um, to move that forward. Just looking at the timing, having posted, done the work, um, had um, a limited number of candidates and knowing where I know my strengths are in areas that I continue to grow, I can reflect on that and realize that having someone um, with the experience would be beneficial to all of us. So with that in mind, um, I'd like to move in that direction. I'm happy to answer any questions and provide more, f- more feedback and details on what
0: Yes. Wait, if we just, if we just like don't acknowledge it, does Miriam stay? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> can,
13: can we have a poll? Can, can we have a
8: just fair people like long
5: firm? Yeah.
1: All right. I don't think she would agree to that. I know. Um, <laughs> a little bit trigger. Um, thank you. Thank you. I, I will follow up um, with the process once again. As I said, I talked through what that will be, but I will have a public uh, open session for that uh, to take place and more detail to come. Thank you.
0: Right. Um, information matters,
2: superintendent
0: evaluation police. We're looking forward to reviewing the evidence
8: towards the superintendent's goals at the May 23rd school committee meeting. That's soon. That's in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> May 23rd. Yeah. Next meeting, actually. If
0: you want know, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Budget,
3: do you want Yes, budget. So coming in at last Tuesday the 2nd, we'll discuss adjustments that will, be, that will need to be made um, to the F. Y. member budget and letter the recommended appropriation from the town administrator, including program and service cuts and increased fees that will be implemented. Tomorrow we'll be presenting in front of the town finance committee at 7 p.m. Here in the chamber. All right, good. Cool. Policy, do
0: you
7: We'll meet uh, next Tuesday the 16th at 5 o'clock.
6: Uh, instance, assessment. Yep. So with the, today's vote, I think that brings the close to our charge, um, so I guess I'm not sure what the next steps are for this,
1: do we, it, so. I think it's one of the next, yeah, the procedural piece we may have to vote to either um, dissolve Re- re- dissolve the redistricting advisory committee. Um, the space needs you may um, want to consider as we move forward with some planning. Uh, it may be good to have a subcommittee of the school committee as we continue the um, facilities master planning. And each year, uh, Ms. Spencer, you do appoint school committee members, so that's something we that you can consider as well as we move forward. Go mm-hmm. mm-hmm. ahead. Right. Do you
0: PCC?
6: Uh, we are meeting next Monday, the
0: 15th.
8: Alright, School Wellness Advisory Council. We met last week and um, talked a little bit about the walk and roll to school day. Thank you, Keller, for highlighting that. Um, that was um, has been done in the past by Keller and some of our other schools and was initiated um, by a senior during her senior project. Um, and she really she really did a lot of work as far as um, trying to get more um, coverage of it and sort of wider, wider spread than in previous years' other schools and, um, you know, more, more signage and um, safe, safer routes and just recruiting more um, sort of helpers from our community. So that was a success. Um, at the SWAC meeting, we spent some time planning for our SWAC Farmers Market appearance on June 16th. And our next meeting is Tuesday, June 6th. CPAC. CPAC is hosting a workshop on May 11th focused on the Massachusetts anti bullying law. Um, CPAC had developed a needs assessment to gather input about families' experiences with special ed, 504, and other supports in our schools. And that uh, questionnaire, that survey, is still open. So if anybody hasn't filled it out and is interested in doing that, um, that, it's always helpful to get different perspectives and input from various families in our district. Um, so they can check the website or the CPAC's Facebook page to find that link. Um, CPAC has also been meeting monthly with the district special education administrators, and
11: there's one more meeting this school year. Okay, Mental Health and well-being Task Force. We had our final meeting of the school year today. Um, so we, we will be um, at the town health fair at the public library on May 24th from 3 to 6 p.m. Um, and we planned that today we already began planning our next critical conversation event which will happen on May 1st or May 8th in 2024. Um, we did have a, it's an update, we did have our critical conversation event um, on last, was it last week or anything. Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, it was um, probably one of our best yet we, we say, I mean we think as a group we're a little biased I know. Um, we had about probably about 25
1: I don't know how many were online. A lot of people were well, like the, take audience? the In the audience, I'd say there's probably about 25, 25 30 to 30 people. 25 to 30 people, which is probably the most, the largest test attendance I'm, in the world. I'm off the team now. Is <laughs> so that what you're trying to get But the my moderation. Wow. But yeah. wow.
11: yeah. wow. um, No, I think it really was our student voices. Our students yeah. were absolutely amazing sharing their stories. Um, they were very brave and courageous, and I'm um, going to be proud of our Franklin students um, and our team. Nicole um, Claremont was phenomenal as our. our keynote speaker. So we're excited. We're excited already for any final Okay.
0: And
11: DEI committee? DEI, excuse me, our next meeting is May 17th. Okay.
0: Okay. Moving along, consent agenda. Mr. Jagir.
3: I
1: recommend approval of the minutes from the April 25th, 2023 school committee meeting as detailed. I recommend acceptance of a check for $395.43 from O'Connor Portraiture for supplemental supplies as Keller, at Keller Elementary School as detailed. I recommend approval of the overseas trip funding account within the Student Activities Fund at Franklin High School.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a motion to approve the consent agenda as detailed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Discussion? Questions? All right. Seeing none, vote will come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye.
12: Aye. aye. Opposed? Right. Motion carries. Next on the
0: agenda, we have good of the order, as I'm sure all of you remember from reading the norms and protocols which were approved at the February 28th meeting. So, item 26 states, good of the order's purpose is to allow the members to speak about the functioning of the school committee with the intent of improvement. First meeting of the month moving forward. Um, so I just wanted to double check to see if anyone has anything we'd like to discuss at this time. I'll just go down. Camille? No. Yeah. Mr. Callahan? Yes. It's always yes.
7: Yeah, this is yes. 45 of minutes.
0: Yeah, you've you till 10 o'clock.
7: Well, which brings me to point one. Uh, I'd actually like to, at a, a future meeting, if we could uh, bring back up uh, the norms and procedures. Yep. Uh, you know, we've kind of lived with them uh, for a while here, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we could definitely kind of make some some little tweaks, specifically to talk about like, the, the 10 o'clock one, uh, uh, in time, not just because it's typically me that gets handled <laughs> at 10 o'clock, uh, but I know that initially, I went back and I looked at, you know, like a year and a half worth of meetings, oh, and and there were, uh, there were only like, like it's a very small amount that actually kind of hit that three-hour mark, um, and then all of a sudden we went, we proved this, mm-hmm. and it's, it's literally been every single one. Mm-hmm. So um, if we could just uh, next meeting uh, bring this uh, back up for review, so that we can go through it, make some amendments, changes, and then votes on any amendments.
0: Um, maybe if you talk to us, we wouldn't go.
7: Yeah, that's not going to happen. Bro. Yeah, no. If anything, right. I think the three-hour thing, I'm just getting more comfortable and having even more stuff to say. Yeah,
0: some say by midnight. Oh. Yeah. Some of the would be say by midnight. Um, uh, that's a challenge. Yeah. So that was your item one? You had a second item? No, it's really not. That's oh, you were just kidding. I right.
8: mean, <laughs> no, Uh No, nothing at this time. I don't, I don't really, but I'm glad. So the first meeting of every month? Yes. Yeah,
2: it's good to have the opportunity. Yeah, thank okay. uh, you. I don't have
0: anything to bring up. All right, sounds good, so I'll bring that up. We'll make sure to bring that up the next one. Um, Mr. Jagir. Oh, no, nope. I lied, citizen's yes. comments. Aha. Are there any citizens in the audience, in person or online, who would like to make a comment on an item not on tonight's agenda and falls within the committee's purview? I'll check. Anybody wanna, no? Maybe. Online, if there's no one. All right. Now Mr. Tier. Okay. New business.
1: So our next meeting, you'll receive um, the final district improvement plan update. You'll also hear uh, a report out on my goals, as Ms. Stokes said. Uh, Annie Sullivan Middle School will be joining us for highlights. And we are excited to honor our retirees. It's that time of year.
0: Great. so next we will be entering into executive session and will be returning to open meeting. So pursuant to Mass General Law, Chapter 30A, Section 21A3, to discuss strategy with respect to collective bargaining with the ESP LPN unit as an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the bargaining position of the school committee and the chair so declares. Is there a motion to enter into executive discussion and return to open meeting as discussed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Vote will come on the motion. Roll we'll call vote Camille. Yes. Dave Callahan? Yes. Al Charles? Yes. David Kneel? Yes. Elise Stokes? Yes. Mega more Yes. Me Spencer, yes. All right. We will adjourn and be right back. Nine twenty-four. I call this meeting back to order. Mr. Jagir, if you want you. to go
2: into
1: so we um, are back out. It's uh, similar to other um, situations where um, we have been in negotiations with other with units um, within our district. The ESPs and LPNs was the um, one of our units that we had negotiated with, um, and we reached an agreement on the contract. So before you is a vote to approve um, or agree to the contract, mm-hmm. and it would require a roll call vote. Uh, we talked a little bit about the specifics. where are um, we're happy to have um, reach an agreement that we feel is fair and move forward. So I put it to you. Okay. Is there a motion to approve? I
0: just turned my head. Oh, is there a motion to approve as discussed? So move. This. Second. Second. All right. Roll call vote. Camille. Yes. Dave Callahan? Yes. Al Charles. Yes. Dave McNeil. Yes. Lee Stokes. Yes. Yeah. Megan Whitmore. Yes. Lee yes. Spencer. Yes. All right. Motion carries. All right. So.
2: Is
0: there a motion to adjourn? Yeah. Is, is there a second? Second. Camille? Yes. Dave? Yep. Al? Yes. Dave? Yes. We, yeah. Megan? Yes. Me? Yes.
13: All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you May 23rd. Meeting is adjourned. Sure. Hi, Please, can you sign? We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio.